next best mo- best monster or whatever <laughs> or whatever <laughs> I have two. One's kind of like a shout out and one's my real answer. (laughs) My real answer is Michael Myers. I just think it's just like really good. The whole movie like is very centered around not like, like some horror movies are kind of like about a scary idea and that's just like about a scary person. And he's just like such a good scary person. Um, not like, you know, I mean, obviously you don't really see that much of him or anything like that, but like starting with like, like, and they give him like sort of like a weird psychosexual backstory, which is like always great to see. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like just the way that they just build up the mythology of him by having that doctor be like, he's like the most fucked up case I've ever seen. And just like the stalking and the, like the smartness, but like they never really like explain it at all. Um, yeah, I just think that there's not actually that many movies on this list where, I mean, where, like, it's it's a single, it's not like a, like, some some movies play on, like, common fears of certain things, ghosts and, you know, whatever, or hauntings, like, paranormal stuff, but where it's just, like, a scary person, and to have it be so well pulled off, um, and I don't know if it's him so much as just the way it's built up in such a genius way. Uh, Yeah. To me, he's the obvious one, but also I want to do a shout out to the clown and poltergeist, which Mm -hmm. I think is like, should get the credit for like, so I was listening to another pod. Plus his heart. He's trying shout out. You're wrong about what's talking about like the history of people being scared of clowns. And Mm -hmm. they really like came to that one is like that, like kind of started a thing where it was like, okay to be scared. Not just okay, but like clowns were a thing that you could need to be scared about. These like faces that are permanently happy no matter what else is going on, even though like, you know, something sinister might be happening. So the fact that there's this like deeply haunted bedroom, but this clown still has this like permanently happy face is extremely unsettling and like leads to all of, I would say all of the other clown content. I think that that clown is the seed of why people are scared of clowns. So obviously it's not like the big scary, like the tree is more scary in that movie than the clown is, but I think the clown has a lot of impact. What? Oh, I was, <laughs> I was queuing up a joke saying you're wrong about, I, I was going to say you're wrong about the tree in, the, in Poltergeist. You don't think that that tree looks scary? Uh, the tree is scary. Mean. But anyway, that's my Michael Myers is my real answer, but the clown is my like clever. It must answer. have been a poltergeist PA with you must have given him notes saying, Can we get more tree in these first 30 minutes? <laughs> this one's really we're really cooking here, guys, but can we get more tree? Whatever. <laughs> um, so, Michael Myers, you said. Go ahead, Taryn. Mine's kind of cliche, and I don't think you're going to expect this answer from me. Um but I would say Norman Bates. Oh, sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, just uh, simply because of how, not necessarily realistic, but like the the idea that that is a, an entire possibility in the real world. <laughs> right. um, I mean, to some extent, Michael Myers is too, but like, or, you know, lots of these things that aren't, you know, supernatural creatures. Um, but just, and the, how, how well he's portrayed as this, you know, mentally stable, 
generic dude and then bam it's totally <laughs> the opposite um and he's not particularly scary or frightening right but just like the idea of him in in life in general is is what makes him the, the best monster or whatever <laughs> for me he's in the conversation for me um uh, I went with Carrie White. Carrie's Carrie White. Mm. Um, but it's it's a weird question. She's you know the monster. It's it's subjective. With like, are we? You know, is it like who is like the deadliest? Who's the scariest? Who's the most badass? Who's the coolest? Um, I don't know. She's got a pretty high grade point average for me. I, I think. Um, I mean, shit. She takes down the entire prom in like the blink. Of an eye and and it, right because I said monster. I mean the category is Rachel best monster parentheses or whatever. <laughs> and for for this I just think of never you know, been but actually by a or whatever before. But thank you for that, um, my dear. Great Christmas movie <laughs> or great 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 Christmas movie porno parody. <laughs> but does Darren just can't anymore? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, for, for, for me, when I think of a question like this, it's, you know, like, you know, a lot of these, a lot of these characters are, are, are glorified and, 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 you know, branded and marketed. I, I joked about hot topic before, but you know, you can picture, you know, like a pop culture t-shirt with like a fighting game template where it's like choose your fighter and it's michael yeah. myers and norman and all i mean i carrie white would be on on that list um and if we're just going for style and and force and impact and all that i mean she's yeah and the complexity too you you say um you know is she a is monster she? or the monster and is carrie the monster or the monster and also responsible for one of the greatest scares i mean jesus yeah so 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 impactful. She's got a good batting average. She's a good car explosion average. For sure. Also great, Agreed. great kill of her mother. Oh yeah. I give it. I award it seven Fangoria chainsaws. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um. Do we have honorable mentions with this? Hell yeah. I want to. Um, and this is mostly for nostalgia reasons, but Ghostface from Scream. Mm. Um, the only, well, not the only reason, but the main reason that they're not my first choice is because the identity changes from movie to movie. Mm. <laughs> so. But I do, I just remember the, I mean, for years following the release of that original movie, you know, seeing Ghostface costumes in store, out and about, what, during Halloween, whatever, um, and just how prolific that image became. At this point, I mean, you know, we could, we don't, we won't, but you know, we could probably Google this in two minutes. But I, at this point, I can't remember like what came first. Did did that exist? And then they used that for the movie. Or was that an original look um, that the film came up with? 
My assumption was that it was, and I don't have the exact answer, but my assumption was that it was something just like a generic ghost face yeah. that was available, you know, at targets across the country. <laughs> um, and there's even a mention in the, the movie um, that when the, the police are trying to figure out who they are and they say like, oh, you can get this mask anywhere. We can't trace where it's from. Dur, 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 so. Say a shout out to the killer dwarves in, in the brood. Oh, man. For style, originality, grace, bravery. Snowsuit wearing? Snowsuit, yeah. <laughs> just, you shouldn't have put that in my head, Rachel. <laughs> oh, the snowsuit thing? Yeah. Why? Are you going to mess with me about it? Just, just you wait. Give it time. Oh, God. Winter is coming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Getting into the, getting into the belly of the best belly of the beast here with the final three. I'm excited. We got scariest movie. Mm-hmm. Scariest movie. I'm gonna say movie we really have not talked about yet, but I do think it's the scariest. And I, uh, scariest is like scariest for me, which I feel like is the only way. There's no such thing as like objectively scary. Oh, I know what you're gonna say. What am I gonna say, my love? Hold on, I'll Karnak. I'm gonna for the for the listener. You're gonna miss out on this. But I'm gonna try and Karnak you. You're gonna, okay. You're gonna hear a live Karnaking. Go for it. <laughs> Go for it. This is also uh, this is also called you banksing. <laughs> it's the conjuring. <laughs> yeah, Andy guessed it. It's a really scary movie. It's just really densely pressurized, tense, scary. There's just a lot of stuff happening that doesn't feel good. There's good, there's jumps. It's the vibe. It's the, I don't know, scary images. It's the fact that it like might be truish. It's, I don't know. It's a really scary movie. I don't think it's very good, but it is very scary. Like compared to the other ones that are good. But I just think it's a very effective scary movie for me. I don't like jumps. I don't like an anarchistic movie. Like where it feels like, I don't know, like, like something like The Exorcist is not scary to me because it feels like the whole time the threat is contained. Like a worst case scenario is just that this girl dies and I was like, well, I can handle that, you know? Um, so that's not that scary to me. But like the fact that like in The Conjuring, it seems to be like, like, a, like the threat is not contained. Like it's like going everywhere. Um is very scary to me is the fact that like the people who are in charge don't seem to have any idea like how to control it is very scary to me the fact that there's jumps is very scary to me um i'm not like personally very scared of like like ghosts aren't really a thing that i get scared of easily but it's just i don't know just from the beginning with the clapping and oh it's just a scary movie i don't really like it i don't want to watch it again that's mine sorry it's a bummer it definitely it definitely has maybe the highest rate of, you know, what, what the average person would call a scare based on my, my assessment of it. Um, we have pretty different reactions to it, though. I find it one of the most fun <laughs> movies on this list. I think it's pretty far from being one of the best movies on this list. Um, I do think it's pretty scary. 
Um, I think it's, it's just based on the pace and what it's trying to do. Um, it's quite fun to watch, but there's just something about the, the look of it or the, there's, I, I can hardly put my finger on it, but there's, there's just like something about its aesthetics that don't leave me being scared by it, which I feel I otherwise would be just like given the rate of scares that it has packed into it. I can't, I don't know if it's, it's like probably a just that like part of your brain or, yet realizes it's not very well done. You know, realizes that the acting's kind of bad and all that stuff. That part, yeah, it's maybe. probably like keeping you from like fully giving into it as opposed to, I, I, that didn't exist for me. I was really scared. I didn't want to watch. I was so over scared. There are, the, I, think I was like, this- Andy, we're not doing this podcast anymore. I'm sick of this. It's dumb. <laughs> Why am I putting myself through this? Like my nerves were just so shredded watching that movie. And it's just, it's a bad feeling. I was really cranky. <laughs> well, something we haven't talked about too is how I've always attributed this to the ring. Maybe I've, I've got my history wrong, but, but living, you know, living through the release of the ring and, and seeing it like right at the perfect age, um, like 13, 14 years old, um, that really, to, as I remember it, ushered in this era of the PG-13, the modern PG-13 horror movie. And I think a lot of what I'm saying about The Conjuring is a result of it being PG-13. Um, I think there is like a much more dreadful, raw, menacing version of The Conjuring out there if it's rated R. And a lot of what we said about the 70s, I mean, all those movies are hard R movies. Um, but just like living in this current industry environment for the last 20 years, um, there's just like such a excess of, some are good, some not so good, uh, PG-13 horror movies. Well, I think it was just, just yesterday when we were watching The Quiet Place, A Quiet Place, um, The Good Place, uh, it was... And and that's a great example. I mean, that's a great PG thirteen horror movie. But I remember on the like the iTunes menu scene and saying like, "Oh my god, holy shit, that was PG 13 Honestly, so a, to a me, a good it's, example of what you can do with a PG thirteen. But this is like a larger comment about everything. But it's like the seventies movies had sex in them. Like all those R movies are not R because of necessarily all the gore and the whatever. But it's because there's like a sexual angle, mm-hmm. and maybe that's also like why we were talking about they're more interesting. Is because like the mixture of sort of fear and sex is seems more mature or whatever, and maybe higher brow in a way, you know, more adult mm. um, than the PG 13, which is basically just like excised sex from, or, I mean, none of them have like really explicit, but like excised even the idea of sex from these movies. Darren, what's your scariest? Oh, this is a really hard one. <laughs> um, but my initial reaction, like hearing this question the first time, I was like, oh yeah, The Conjuring. Just because it has all of those elements for me of the fact that it's, you know, hypothetically based on a true story and um, the the fact that it takes place in a family's home, like the, the, the space that is meant to be, you know, safe. Um, but but then again, it's like I would watch it again. I, mean, I I'm not 
it didn't scare me to the fact or to the like it like the exorcist did when i was younger <laughs> um but again the exorcist isn't that scary as an adult now either but the the conjuring has all of it and it's not a great movie but it has all of those like horror elements for me where if i were to watch it again even fairly you know back to back um i wouldn't recognize when the next scary thing was supposed to happen necessarily. So there would still be a, there would still be an element of fear in it for me. A lot of the other, these other ones, it's, it's like you see it once and maybe you're afraid for a moment <laughs> and then you know what's going to happen. So you're not necessarily going to be freaked out by it if you're going to watch it again. But I feel like with The Conjuring, if I were to watch it again, there would be some element of shuddering for me <laughs> yeah when we watched it for this this was our second time and it's been i think four years since we watched it the first time and i mean not to you know i say this lovingly but rachel definitely reached a breaking point <laughs> in the third act and i was probably not very sympathetic to it, but there were a few points where i was like oh shit don't remember that one that was pretty gnarly. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of get it now, Rachel. I refuse to stop it, but um, for the sake of the show, but uh, I get what you're saying. Well, I was I was <laughs> spinning out a little bit. I was big, like, I think all horror movies are dumb. I was like, really? Like, I was yeah. kind of catastrophizing. She announced the podcast. I kind of did. <laughs> she took her, she, yeah, she took her Starfleet. It was very much like, I'm going to take my ball and go home. Yeah. I think this is dumb. <laughs> well, kind of the vibe. Because I like horror movies. The Conjuring is by no means my favorite, but it, um, and it's, ob it's also not the best movie, but um, it does, it has, based on our list, it has everything that I would want in a horror movie without being gratuitous and bloody and gnarly. like I don't, I don't go for that um but like there's there's suspense to it throughout the the whole ordeal and it keeps me on my toes <laughs> yeah I just like I think that I don't I can't put my finger on it but some like where we get into the place of like the movie is terrorizing you where it's just like every turn you just cannot catch a break yeah. That's, I think, where I hate things. And I think that, like, it's it's based on the, like, I felt that the way, I felt that way the first time I saw Hereditary. I did not feel that way the second time I saw Hereditary. I think it's a lot of it's subjective, but I just hate that feeling of, like, that, like, being so, for lack of a better word, dominated by a movie that you're just, like, at its whims. And I just don't like that feeling. And I felt that way when I was watching The Conjuring. And I think it has more of an unpredictability to it. I mean, you, you can predict that they're like what, like the plot and everything, but in terms of being scared, there's an unpredictability to it more so than the majority of the other ones. And when I watch a scary movie, I do things to avoid being scared. I'll read the Wikipedia, I'll like close my eyes, I'll do all that stuff. And so watching The Conjuring, when I'm like trying to close my eyes when I know it's gonna get scary, and then I'll still miss stuff, oh, it just makes me so mad. It's like, I'm doing everything to avoid this feeling, and yet I'm still, like it's still around the corner and I don't like it. Okay. Who else so that is was, gone? Is that it was just your mine? 
No, that no, Taryn was showing this. So that was okay. your official um, yeah. answer. Yeah. Yeah, because I think for me, there's like, there's obviously how you've distinguished this. There's the scariest movie, there's the best movie, and then there's just like my personal favorite movie, which doesn't fall into either of those two categories. Yeah. But. Yeah, for, I, I've had this conversation, I think at least with Taryn before. Um, for a question like this, scariest movie, my primary, if not sole metric is usually what do I least want to watch alone? Not that I ever do watch these movies. I guess I have sometimes watched some of these alone. Um, but what would I, like gun to my head, I had to watch one of these alone in the dark or something like that. What, what is the one I would least want to do? Um, that for and going into this it was the Blair Witch Project and exiting this it's, it, I'd still say it's the Blair Witch Project um, and I think it is just it's chalked up to the realism of it um, once shit hits the fan and they are it, I mean there's just it's just clear that they've reached the point of no return and they're turning on each other and you know like they're screaming and I mean it's just so unnerving and discomforting and um yeah terrible <laughs> yeah. no that's that one is my personal favorite so it doesn't fall into the the other categories but i and yeah we've had this conversation before but like i love i love the marketing of it all and yeah. how how it was shown to or like touted to be um r real not like based on a true story but like legitimate right. yeah. footage of a situation that happened um and i just, the, all the sequels were terrible of course but <laughs> i just i i love that idea behind it and it still it still holds up for me <laughs> oh for like, sure yeah watching it again for this i still i love it so much oh like the just the the old man's description of the guy murdering the children is just oh, so gnarly i forgot about the scene with the when the woman's holding her daughter and the girl like the little like pretty much baby girl is like crying and like getting mad at her mom for her. and she's like no like it's not real and she's like it's real <laughs> well even real. just like and it's one of the you never see um a monster or whatever you it's all psychological in a sense and like and even the very final scene where it's just michael staring into the void and everything yeah. falls to shit oh it's so good and normally i really want to have closure in a horror movie but it wouldn't have worked for me if they did that with the blair witch project like if there was something at the end where it was, you know, explaining the footage or, you know, trying to make sense of it all. And yeah, so good. Yeah, you mentioned the, you know, this, this sort of idea of hiding the monster or not showing the monsters or something like that. And I, you know, it's like one of those things is like, oh yeah, like that's, that's, that's so cool. And that's such a good idea. But most of the time I leave being like, well, come on, I want to see a little bit more. Couldn't we've seen like, couldn't they have done like three more scenes with it or couldn't, you know, but, but yeah, I mean, it totally completely works in, in this, in, in this movie because it maintains the realism of it. Like, what were they going to show? Some like crooked nosed, green faced, you know, right. woman with a broom and a pointed hat. Um, yeah. Um, did I have, 
Oh, I, oh, well, this kind of encroaches on my answer to the next one. So I had an honorable mention, but I'll talk about it in the in our next award. Are we ready for that? Yes. All right. So now we got best scare from scariest movie. Kind of the same, but kind of different, maybe. I think it's um, different. I have different best, answers. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So we got best scare. So I learned something about myself. I feel like my my reaction to jump scares have been getting weirder. I don't know if you noticed this, Andy, but like the few times I screamed, it was like there's like a five second delay on it. Like 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 there'd be a jump, and I'd be like, ah, or I'd just be like, I didn't like that, and I'll just say it really loudly. But it's like, but it's like there's a delay and all this stuff, and I was like, okay, I don't. There's something about jump scares that I think, like I want like the there's something about like, there must be something cathartic about when you see it and you just scream and it's like, ah, but like, I feel like that's not happening in my brain either anymore or ever where it's just, yeah, I just, yeah. My reaction has been, I think more than screaming for jump scares, I would just a couple of times have been like, I don't like that. I don't like that. And I would just say it really loud. <laughs> um, so I don't love jump scares. So that's why a jump scare is not in my best scare. I think I was confused. It's usually reserved for when I'm trying on clothes. Yeah, I don't like that. <laughs> um, it's uh, Tony Collette in the ceiling in Hereditary. Because it's like a very specific, One of my honorable mentions, sorry. It's a specific kind of thing. Like, I think that while I was at first trying to like rack my hate bread, rack my bread, rack my, my brain, I, I was combining head and brain. Um, Tune of ring my bell. <laughs> to, for jump scares, I think that now like, to me, the scary thing is like when you, when there's a really disturbing sight and the camera is not getting off of it and you know it's going to lead to something else disturbing happening mm -hmm. is like, that's like the Tony Collette in the ceiling. Like just the image of it is scary in and of itself. But then there's the foreboding suspense of like, well, what's going to come of it? And the, the dramatic irony of the other character not knowing what's happening is like a very, I feel like that's like a more sophisticated kind of scare. And it's, that's why it's my vote for best scare. I, I just like, I couldn't watch, even though I knew nothing was going to happen for a while. Like I knew the camera stays on it. The second it was happening, I was like, I can't watch it. Even though I know I was like, I was like safe for a few seconds. I was like, mm -mm, no, thank you. Don't want to, don't even look at that. That's my vote. Should we do rat order or? Yeah. RTA are in rat order. <laughs> rat order. Um, so I've got, I guess, a somewhat of a three-way tie for, for best scare. And it's going to maybe sound, it'll probably sound like bullshit, right? Um, you know, technically, depending on how we define scare, am I more scared of jump scares? Yeah, like if I sit down to watch a horror movie, I'm thinking... I hope the rate of jump scares or the quantity of jump scares is, is lower than X. I'm not thinking, I hope there's fewer scares like the ones I'm about to talk about. Um, but in terms of, I guess it's like a short-term versus long-term long -term thing. Obviously, short-term jump scares scare me more. Um, but what really sticks with me is some of the just like psychological, psychological um, just site-based things from, from three movies in particular. So I talked about this, I think, on Here Comes the Pod, Rachel. Um, but the final shot of The Shining, 
again, it's not scary. You don't jump out of your seat or anything like that. But that camera pulling in slowly but surely, getting closer and closer to Jack Nicholson's face. And oh, it's yeah. like 4th of July, 1925 or whatever. That's um, scary. I'll never forget the first time I saw that. Um, watching it with a group of friends in college one night um, in one of their apartments. And then I had to walk back alone. And I lived alone at the time. I had to walk back alone to my apartment for, it was like a five to 10 minute walk at night. And I remember just, you know, I mean, I had to, I had to brave that after watching that as the last shot. And then I, I can still picture myself just lying awake in bed, just like staring at the wall in front of me thinking like, oh, like son of a bitch, I'm never going to get that out of my head. Like that idea of like, well, like, what does it mean? You know, just, you know, was he there the whole time? Was it just, is it just this like recursive thing? Is it all just like bogus? But just, uh, that, that's always just been. Um, and the fascinating thing is that the shot before that is so much more cartoonishly scary. It's his head in yeah, the frozen yeah, yeah. over. That's a decent scare too, though. It's a decent scare, but yeah. it's like it's like the, it's interesting that yeah, I would I would agree that the last shot is scarier despite the fact that it's just zooming in on a sepia tone picture. It's scarier than the like beheaded or not beheaded, but the frozen single head with like a very cartoonish Jack Nicholson angry face. Ooh, but they're both frozen. It's poetry. Wow. <laughs> uh, also in the in the category of final shots, frankly, the final shots of of Psycho when they're pulling the car, when they're just like sort of decontextualized, matter-of-factly pulling the car out of the swamp. Oh, man. That, um, to what Taryn's been talking about the whole time about Psycho, it's just the realism of it. Yeah. You know, it's not, I'm not scared of, I was going to say, I ain't afraid of no ghosts, (laughs) but, um, you know, yeah, like I'm not, you know, afraid of, you know, Michael Myers in a white mask. I'm not afraid of, um, you know, ghost face necessarily, you know, these things that are so, so, so otherworldly, I guess those are just Halloween costumes. But again, that, that very realistic idea of like, so he murdered this woman, wrapped her up, put her in the trunk of the car, cars in the swamp, presumably never to be found again. And then they're exhumed. And then you're thinking, again, that's such a Hitchcockian thing, you know, like what you, the picture you paint in your head is so much more effective than what could ever be put on screen. Like the idea of like, Oh, they're going to open that trunk and they're going to, you know, everything that's going to be in that trunk now. And you're like, are there other cars in the swamp? And it's just like the dread. Yeah. And just that, that just those final shots are just so, so effective and so lingering and haunting for me. And then finally, um, the first few frames of us, when it's just the text mm. cards. Um, oh my God, that is describing scary. The, describing the tunnels. <laughs> I, I'll never forget sitting there in the theater. Oh my God. Uh, and, and thinking like, all right, I am in. Let's do this. Like, this, <laughs> is, this isn't like crazy. Um, and it's just, yeah, there's something about us. It's a um, scary, that's, that's, a, that's a lasting that's, scary movie. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just, again, it's not like, oh gosh, you know, remind me to look away during X scene or I'm going to have to, you know, find something to do when this scene comes. I mean, it's not, it's not that kind of scary movie or horror movie, but yeah, just like. That's on my, that's the lingering. Yeah. That's like, yeah. I feel like when, when that movie came out, everyone was all, everyone I heard talking about it was so trying to like unpack the allegory of that movie that Mm -hmm. they kind of missed the vibe. 
right. you know, like the, just like what those are just messed up things to think about. Like, and maybe that's kind of the it of it and maybe that's okay. Like you don't, it doesn't have to be so, so tidy. Yeah. yeah. And I've got some like kind of more typical answers. There's some honorable mentions. Um, the birth, I think the birthday, we, we shit on the descent, but I think the birthday cake thing is pretty effective that like, it's like the second or third time they're doing the birthday cake scene. And then the monster face, it like turns into the monster turning its head um, as like a jump scare. That's a pretty effective jump scare um, in my book. Um, Tony Collette I had on the wall. And then I can't remember quite the, the specifics of it, but there's like a scene in the back half of the conjuring it was exactly what happened to get me on board with your plight when we were watching it. It's like a body. Not like, his wife from... saying that she was deeply scared. <laughs> right. Not that. That, right. Well, that did get him on board with my plight. But a body needed to drop from the but ceiling. It's a, yeah, it's a, they're in the basement or the cellar and like oh, yeah, yeah. somebody's body drops down or it's like the ghost. I don't know. That scared the hell out of me. So scary. <laughs> That's what I got. All right. So... When you said that you had a list of like seven of them, I was like, okay, say <laughs> mine. Um, but no, this is also coming from the person who was only scared of the clown dancing in it. So, <laughs> um, so one of mine is, and my interpretation of this is like what has what lingers with me after watching this movie or these movies, um, and any shot of Mike Myers in like as a silhouette across the street from a home mm. or yeah. outside your home just this yeah um <laughs> like, unidentified person you know holding a knife or not the knife isn't what creeps me out it's just that there is like somebody outside staring at you yeah and plotting how to enter your home without you know get no um and <laughs> <laughs> Which got some instructions for Gabe. <laughs> God. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then my second one, and this one is is more creepy for me, is the the dancing scene, the ballet scene, in Us, mm. like the juxtaposition of oh, and the score for that is so good. And that's the thing is that the score amplifies it so well. That oh, it's so good. Um, and like, and that's that's the scene in the movie where like everything kind of starts to make make sense as much as it can with you know the tethered people and the the real world people. Um, yeah, like the music being added to it, the cuts back and forth between the two girls, and oh, so good. Yeah. There is an honorable mention that I forgot to do, which is from, um, why am I blanking on the name? The other Jordan Peele one. Why? Get out. Get out. It's, the, it's where the cop car shows up at the very end. It's not a scare, but, oh, it's, yeah. but it is so brilliant because you're yeah. like, oh, and now he's, now he's going to be in jail for the rest of his life. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, there's also the reality of, what that means to a black man covered in blood. You know what I mean? That that's such a brilliant, like, like it's a, such a scary moment where you're, 
and, yeah. and it, it forces you into reality and no other movie has a scare like that. I think I compared it into, in here comes the pod to the end of, um, I call me by your name where it's a call and oh, you think yeah. that he's going to say that he has AIDS. Like, you know, but it turns out he's just saying he's marrying a woman. It's like this like threat. It, it's a threat that reminds you of the real world context of these things. Um, and it's so scary. Like I just, I just was so, when I saw that, I just got a feeling in the pit of my stomach. Mm-hmm. And then when it's not, when it's his friend and all that stuff and you were like, is it okay? Is it going to be okay? I don't know. But it, that is such a brilliant, terrifying moment. That and this keys scene in that, the first time you watch the keys scene in that movie, yeah. the Rose gave me the keys. Mm. It's ruined by Allison Williams. Like, like, sorry, babe. <laughs> like, can't mm-hmm. do the keys, babe. Yeah, Dennis um, Miller as Allison Williams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's ruined by her. Can't like, do it, babe. Can't do it, Can't give you these keys, babe. But, like, so she, I think that, like, if, if it was punctuated better, it would be more effective. But that scene amplifying up and up and up is also a very scary scene. Cool. RTA. Are you ready to say the best thing I ever saw? Horror <laughs> edition? I gotta rack know. my bread first. What? Oh, rack my bread. I, oh, yeah, okay. I, I, I looked down at my notes. I had wrote that down when you said it. I don't know. Taryn, you go first. We'll go tar order. Tar. tar. Oh, I, I feel kind of like an asshole saying it because we were literally just talking about it. But mine is get out. Um, nice. face right now. <laughs> um, no, I feel bad that I like I like you're probably so excited. You're like sweet. Well, like, we haven't talked about get out yet, and then like because I like added it as an addendum, so I'm sorry. No, no, no. It, <laughs> it's a good lead in. Um, but I, and kind of like what you had said, it for me, it's the best because of how applicable it is to. It's not realistic by any means, but it's still applicable to the world. Um, and yeah, everything about that final, the final scenes with him, um, you know, like we were talking about with the, the cop car showing up, but also kind of calling it back to the, the beginning with the deer and he like just watches the deer die and then same thing with Allison Williams. Um, just like, and, and even at the end of it, when he gets in the cop car, we, it, we see that it's his friend. There's like, I'm still- I'm still worried. Cause I'm he's still worried, worried. he can see on his face. Uh, yeah. Um, and like, and the, the scene with like the auction and all of the, all of the historical and social context that surrounds that, it, oh, it just, it creeps me out without being particularly scary. Um, like there again it's not like jump scares and there's a little bit of blood but not you know gratuitously again and you know yeah just everything about that leaves me still still freaked out not just about the movie but about the world and yeah so that's mine it's another perfect cold open Oh my that we God. haven't previously had a chance to talk about. I, yeah, the cold open. It's a weird thing. I love that scene. <laughs> but, I know, but, but it's, it's so effective. I just, right, I feel like he's, to me at least, seems to be relying on, like, our collective references for horror movies. You know, it's like a 
dark fall night on a suburban street, which to yeah. me is just like, yeah, like looks like it looks like the street movie. from Halloween. Right. Like all those streets yeah. look the same. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's yeah, it's like lit perfectly, shot perfectly, cut perfectly. Um, yeah, it's 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 such a great. It's like you know we don't have a best scene category or anything like that, but that's 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 definitely up there. Um, what I love about so. the movie so much is that like for so long horror has been like cashing in on like the protecting the innocence of white women as just like such an easy trope for like you know like people who are scared things you should be afraid of things like that and the way like it's just like taken for like you know it's not that other ones haven't been about race they all are about race because it's all about like protecting white women you know from like threats and if you don't think that that's about race you're crazy you know what i mean and the way that it like turns that on its head like in such an epic way um because yeah horror movies have always like in in any time where you're supposed to be like scared for like hurting the innocence of something in a racialized society in a racist society like ours like they've always been about race but this one turns on its head on it and sees sort of like how like you know the white woman as the so much the problem and in a way like the two women in that are like definitely the drivers of the evil like Mm -hmm. the mother and you know like i think like it's sort of implied that the dudes do the dirty work like the brother is just kind of like you know just crazy and like the whole idea is that he just bashes people on the head the dad's job is just to basically cut open the heads but the, the the it's the white women that are sort of leading the charge of the racism and the coldest worst way and i just think that that's really interesting in a genre that has been all about like protecting the innocent I, you know in, in modern times obviously like, carrie isn't that way or whatever but like protecting the innocence and cashing in on the fact that everyone's scared of what what's going to happen to that poor white woman mostly yeah. unrelated or sorry go ahead taryn <laughs> but also kind of how well they they keep you somewhat not rooting for but keep you on the side of um god what is her name in the the movie allison williams yeah what whatever her name is but keeping her like you're you are staying on her side kind of like as long as well not entirely Uh, yeah no they do a good job of making her seem like the good ally progressive woman who like knows what's up yeah, you don't really figure it out until the main character figures it out necessarily. Until the keys. Yeah. Well, until the or the pictures. I guess, yeah, but even pictures, then, yeah. it's not until she's like does the keys thing that you know for sure. Well, I was going to say mostly unrelated, but I'm glad that what you said Rachel reminded me of another easy honorable mention for that's fucked up is just like Mount Rushmore of like surgery, gotta close my eyes scenes when he's like cutting the scalp off of Steven Root and you like see the brain and you know, he knows exactly what he's doing when he has that that shot and sound effect of just like matter-of-factly dropping the scalp in the garbage (laughs) and oh God, it's so gross. Love it. Yeah. It's such a yeah. No other movie do you have the house burned down and you think no 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 that's the evidence. 
but yeah, that's like, that's why that movie's good. Another, I mean, classic example of just that's that sort of slow, slow buildup. I think, you know, as soon as, as soon as they, for basically like once they hit the deer on, there's this like, what, what, where's this going? What's gonna, like, like it's, you know, becoming clearer, but what the hell exactly are we dealing with? I mean, it feels like a 70s horror movie. It feels like, you know, it's a, there's a lot of the brood to some extent in, in, um, for sure. In the film. And obviously the Stepford Wives too, it's, you know, it's heavily documented. It's Yeah, why didn't we have Stepford for... Wives and Rosemary's Baby on this? Well, Rosemary's Baby. Rosemary's Baby is problematic, obviously. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, um, I can see why we don't have Rosemary's Baby. I don't, but I'm Stepford not Wives is... pro. Well, it's like part of this, like, is it a horror movie? Is it not a horror movie? Kind of. In I do want to watch, read the book of Rosemary's Baby. I was also going to say. That's where I, I can experience it untainted. I got bad news for Rachel because the only thing this is doing is making me want to watch more horror movies. Oh, no. Okay. Uh, is it my turn? Yes. All right. Tar order. <laughs> That's true. Uh, the best thing I ever saw is The Exorcist. Wow. wow. It's because he associates it with. Right. With- with homemade salad, so many, yeah, so many With, homemade uh, salads. All of his conquests of his of oh, his youth. It was very Pavlovian at this point. You know, I hear that score. And I walk like, down those steps in Georgetown. It's like, is that? You're I like a girl's probably taste, gonna break up with me in a couple. Have the weeks. taste of homemade salad in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> and vice versa. If I'm eating, if I'm biting into a nice homemade salad, I'm thinking homemade salad cannot stand. <laughs> But so a couple things. Let me let me break it down for you. Oh please. <laughs> no. No, I think in many This is what he did to all those girls too. That's why they all left him. <laughs> there's two you know, I, I talked a little bit about the you know, the poll. You know, you're either you know, to some extent it's a spectrum, but you know, there's schlock and splatter, which is great. And then like the more prestige, you know, good movie first that also happens to be a horror movie. It's one of the ways you could describe this, in my opinion. It's like, actually, it's just a good movie. It's, in terms of just movies in general, I think it's the best movie on this list. Um, some of the horror stuff is secondary. Some of it's not. I mean, I, I talked about Eileen Dietz and the insert shots and, um, you know, how that plays into a lot of what I like in the genre. Uh, it's, yeah, you know, it's not... Um, part of what I think about with horror movies is like, well, the sleepover is ruined because they put on a horror movie and I'm not going to be able to sleep and I'm going <laughs> to shit my pants. And why did they have to smuggle that into their duffel bag? And like, God damn it. Like, it's not that like, it's not like the exorcist, like guys, you're not going to believe it. Yeah. I got my brother's copy of the exorcist. You're going to love the first 20 minutes. It's all in Iran. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Right. Um, so it's missing some of those trappings, but it's got a very iconic monster. It's doing technically a lot of what, you know, I would imagine I would aspire to do if I were making a horror movie. It's just flat out a good movie. And I, yeah, I watching it, you know, thinking about my organic reaction, sitting down to watch all of these movies, I would say almost far and away it was one of the better experiences. I just, I just, something about this movie, I just, I, um, 
I really, really love it. And part of it is just sort of some of the, the mythology around it. You know, William Friedkin is kind of a known psychopath on the set just in terms of um, kind of doing anything, like kind of having no holds barred. You know, I've, I've, I've read that like reportedly he would just randomly um, – like fire guns on the set to rattle people. And it was either this, I might be confusing this with another like behind the scenes story, but I think there's like an actor, he like taunted some actor about like a loss they had recently suffered just to like get in their head and mess with them. There's the scene, I forget the term, the medical term for it. It's like something Oh, uh, I, I forget. I forget the medical term, but the the procedure that Reagan has done in the hospital when they need to insert the syringe in her neck also a huge what the fuck moment. Shout out to what the fuck moments. Um, I'm unless I was like re, I had to reread it a bunch of times when I was doing a little research. Um, I'm pretty sure they actually did that. Um, like those aren't like if that's those there there aren't camera tricks or anything like that. They inserted that syringe into Linda Blair's neck. Um, I could be wrong there, but, um, but yeah, just all the, I love the, a true Hollywood story, I guess that, um, that comes with <laughs> um, the territory of this movie. But again, it's just like, uh, it's real, real damn good. And that's why I've got some honorable mentions, but I'll let other people, um, I see that share their, their piece. I guess I, I was, was expecting it from you. <laughs> I was hesitant to have mine be this, what I'm about to say, but then as you all have talked about it a few times, I'm feeling a little bit more emboldened. I was hesitant to say Psycho is the best horror movie I've ever seen because I thought that just because it was the first one we saw and because I clearly don't love this genre that like it was just like I was going into it fresh so i was like yeah you probably it's really not the best one you probably just like weren't angry and like wanted this whole project to be over mm. um but then like we saw the most recent ones and i feel a little bit better about them and it's just it is such a good movie it's so effective for it's i think it's my favorite hitchcock movie that i've seen um it's like him as a as a scary person the Anthony Perkins performance is so good. It makes me so sad that he like never really surpassed that. Like that he always kind of ended up playing him over and over. Like he just played Norman Bates essentially until he died. Um, which is like, I don't know. I like, I feel like he was, that was such a great performance. Um, the twist at the end is obviously like so interesting and like messed up and um, obviously has like all kinds of associations now, but like maybe not really. I mean, like, I don't know. And, you know, I, I do like movies where there's like the last chapter of Harry Potter feeling where like they kind of all explain it at the end, you know, like I like that where it's like, oh, like here's Dumbledore is going to explain this all to you and it's going to feel a little bit better now. So I'd like that they do that, but it's like in, but it's before the shot with the car. So it, like, it doesn't entirely let all the scary off the hook. Ah. What? It's a scary uh, scene. It's a scary scene. Oh. Um, <laughs> And I just love like her as a character. 
like I would have watched a not scary movie with the beginning of that with just like the money and all of that stuff. That's such an effective thing. And there's not a lot of other movies where I was like, oh, if this took a genre turn and it was just sort of like a realistic movie about a girl, like, you know, kind of saying I'm done with this life. Like I would have kept watching it, you know, (laughs) I just think that that's kind of interesting and effective. And then on top of it, they have like the most like iconic sort of killer of all time, I would say like maybe not iconic of all time, but like a kind of sort of like realistic one that's not just like sort of like an actual monster. It's yeah, it's like what Sharon said. It's the realism of it that's scary. It's the, which is so funny because the, the house is so not real. Like it's such a cartoon, like of like a scary house. Mm-hmm. Um, but the hotel is so normal. You know, that, that the dichotomy of the actual motel being like the most boring site, but then the house being like, a gingerbread house of a scary house um, is like yeah, very I never, um, I didn't know that there was a difference until we sat down and watched it. This was the first time I had seen it. Mm. And when we watched it for this, I always thought, because the phrase, if that would, you'd call it, you know, the name Bates Motel is as ubiquitous and iconic as the image of the house. I thought they were the same. So sitting there a couple months ago, it's like, wait a minute, like, okay, there's like an actual like motel looking motel. And the fact and it that does you look, never really, yeah, like just so normal. there's barely any zoomed out shots of the motel. And there's so many zoomed out shots of the house. It's kind of like yeah. an interesting, I'm sure that that was on purpose and somehow some brilliant Hitchcockian. It, just the driving scene is really well done. It, yeah, it's kind of like before, before I think all of the sort of, gender messed upness happened in horror movies. There was just a certain more complexity to the characters. And it's also just like really scary. Like that shower scene is really scary. Their conversations are really tense and scary. Yeah. Like just like two people talking to it. You don't really see that. Like, because you know, once you blow up the horror genre and like the people are such monsters, you don't have the monster just talking, you know, except for maybe the intro of Scream. You know, but like even that you sort of know what's going on. It's it's a very scary conversation. Um, and it's really good. And that's why it's the best one I ever saw. Oh, I never said anything for all of you at home waiting for me to, to talk about it. I never said anything about um, in, my, in my exorcist defense. Um, and there's not a lot to say here, but the whole like Captain Howdy thing, like that's just What's that? well, it's what she calls. It always sticks out in my mind because I remember, you know, I first knew The Exorcist through my father's sort of vague descriptions of it to me as a child. So I was like getting, you know, like word of mouth from him while avoiding commercials for like the anniversary DVD and like <laughs> looking away whenever Reagan's face was on TV. And I remember him saying like, yeah, like it's, you know, the, you know, the, like a little girl goes in the attic and she's like messing around with the Ouija board. And she said like, there's someone like, there's like a friend of hers named Captain Howdy up there talking to her. Cause that's what she calls, you know, the, what will eventually be known as the demon who possesses her when she's in the attic. She said, Oh, I was talking to Captain Howdy. Mm. And that's just, right up my alley too in terms of like wait what that's just so like 
like Captain Howdy was like my first initiation to like lingering, like that's just so weird and like non sequitur. And I can't stop thinking about it. Like I remember the first time my dad told me the name Captain Howdy and it's, yeah, it's just one of those sort of like ambiguous, like what the hell? And the whole like Ouija board movement. It's like, it's because I think we were, I remember when we watched it and I said, cause I, that, that's another one of those things when you see the Ouija board planchette yes. thing move. And I said like, how are they not like the movie? Like that should be it. Roll credits, like the Ouija board planchette just moved. And you kept saying, Rachel, like, well, no, like, it's a Ouija board. I was like, well, yeah, like, I know it's like, I know, like, that's how Ouija boards are, like, presumed to work. They don't actually move of their own accord. Like, how are they not, like, putting the apartment up for sale as we speak? Um, it's It's a lingering image of terror is the... The self-moving planchette, perhaps moved by Captain Howdy. Captain Howdy, we salute you here at Best Thing I Ever Saw. Any honorable mentions? I've got a couple. Oh, yeah, I do. I do. But most of the two of them are ones that you mentioned already. So I'm not going to. I'm going to defend Poltergeist. Okay. (laughs) I just I was gonna let it lie because mm-hmm. it's been a lo- it's been a long afternoon, but <laughs> we're actually making pretty good time. I know we are historically speaking. But what what do you not like about it? like it's a good movie? No. <laughs> so we've had a part of this conversation already. I this was like an odds-on favorite going into the project. I thought it was a decent chance that. Um, you know, I say my favorite or one of my favorites is Poltergeist, and it always had been, but it just doesn't go down that smoothly for the first for that first act. I mean, I'm it, it's it's good joke material, but it's not too much of an exaggeration to say like, is this a movie about the tree? Like, is is this <laughs> like is the villain of the movie the tree? For the first act? Scary, I don't think you guys had scary trees outside your house. It's a scary tree. Kids are scared of trees. It's a thing that kids are scared of. And it's a little protracted at that, that second act with the, the two rounds of ghost hunters coming to the house is a little protracted. But I will say, like, top 10 in terms of images and stuff like that, that idea, the image of someone or something rearrange the stuff in your, like you turn around and like your chairs are stacked the way they are. I'll never forget the first time I saw that scene. I was, for some reason we watched it in a psychology class, kind of making me reevaluate the credentials of <laughs> that psychology class in high school. Um, but that idea that, yeah, like suddenly your cabinets are open, your chairs aren't the way that you left them. That's pretty, that's, that's, that's some good movie making magic. I uh, like <laughs> I think it's so cool that at the beginning, the mom doesn't necessarily realize how malevolent of a presence it is. The ghost star or whatever. Mm. The way where she's just kind right. of messing yeah, with yeah, the yeah. chairs and stuff like that. And being like, oh, honey, like, you got to look at this. You got to see this. Um, and that's like somehow kind of realistic, I think. Um, although some people would be like, why aren't you leaving right now? Like, get out. Uh, 
I think I'll, that yeah. the family dynamic is good. The older sister is a little useless, but like the, yeah. I think that the family dynamic is good. It's just, I think it's like really tight and interesting. I mean, tight. I know that you guys would disagree, but I love it when the ghost hunters come. It's very like interesting. I love how they like sort of figure out what's going on. I love like the dynamic of like that. Even the ghost hunters are a little bit like, really like this is happening like even like they like the true believers don't really believe it um i do think like it gets a little much like when they're all like in the mud pit and stuff um, i love a good fourth act right this is a you know yeah. pretty pretty common example or commonly cited at least from for you know, my own experience example of a, that's this sort of surprise uh fourth act and um i love the the table setting of the like this the tv like the to me, that's so iconic and so brilliant. The the Pledge of Allegiance going into static and that broken silence, like domestic break of silence. You know, the phone yes. call, the phone ringing and scream and, you know, it's 2 a.m. You've passed out on the couch. You hear that very defamiliarized Pledge of or National Anthem, not Pledge of Allegiance, um, national anthem going into that static and just the the sound and image of the static are pretty um pretty terrifying for maybe lack of a better word especially in like almost a children i mean it's a steven spielberg production i mean almost parts of it feel almost like a children's movie this is some pretty like heavy iconography for like yeah. kind of a soft Spielberg production. I think that like, there's a lot, I don't know. I mean, no one needs another person talking about Steven Spielberg in the suburbs. Like it's, no one needs it, but this there's like, he really gets that. I mean, it's very heavy handed. It's a Steven Spielberg movie, but like the rot of the suburbs, the idea that this, this place that he himself has like, you know, eulogized and loved in movies like ET and things like that. Are, is literally built on just rot you know it's like like it's 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 about how you know you think that this is this beautiful situation but truly like it is built on the ground of you know <laughs> to say like oh like a graveyard or native american sacred land or whatever is like oh, like it's done so much but it's actually very applicable to this because, and it's particularly applicable in the case of a Spielberg thing is someone who is so often cited as someone who like reveres and loves the suburbs. It's almost like Springsteen, you know, like where it's like, where like you think that he, it's like all just like, yeah, America stuff, but like really it's all about how it's all so messed up. Um, and I just think that like the poltergeist does that so well, where it's like this veneer of like, he has a lot of love for this type of imagery and this type of life, but he also is like deeply criticizing it at the same time. And like sort of only someone who understands it so well could say it. So I don't know, like it is a social thriller in its own way too about suburbia and like the lie of like a white middle-class suburban life that like, this is like a consequence free thing. Give us um, your best. Yeah. You didn't move the bodies. Oh God. Give us, do it. I don't, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> All right. Okay. Best thing I ever saw after hours. Patreon. If you're so in the that's, $20, that's if you're in the mention. 20, the $20 tier of the Patreon, we'll get Rachel doing her best. Uh, you, you move the headstones, but you didn't move the bodies from Poltergeist. 
Oh. Well, so it, it, oh, I just, I can't stand that movie. Oh, no. <laughs> so much. Oh, I, like I can, I can appreciate the social commentary that we can get out of it, but I don't think it does a very good job of, of, of trying to highlight that or even trying to, because there is, it's just like that one moment at the end where he yells, you didn't move the body. Darren, give us your best. No. You only move the headstone. No, it's not the only one moment at the end. Like it's the whole thing. Like the idea of this development and sort of surveying this land is like very critical to this whole thing. I just oh, I can't. There's nothing scary about that movie. <laughs> like the it, I gave the example with Blair Witch where you don't ever see the the monster, right? They do it in a in a great way. And then Poltergeist, it's like if they didn't have the monster like protrude from you know the gateway to hell for five seconds and then move back in, if they kept it where it was this unseen you know entity from the the TV and moving shit around in the kids' bedrooms, and I would have liked it slightly more. But I just. There's nothing about that movie that I enjoy. <laughs> Sorry, Rachel. <laughs> to each his own. I just think the it's rest brilliant. Rest in peace to Toby. I think Hooker. it's like a good Springsteen song. I think it's brilliant. The daughter is useless, though. <laughs> or like the older daughter. Yeah, that's not my vibe. Karen, you got any menchies? Um, yeah, mine's the Blair Witch. I just that's, and it's nostalgic and and whatnot. It's by no means the a great movie but i by no means the best thing you ever saw exactly but i mm. i just love the novelty of it and how like there really hasn't been anything else like it from... that's sort of the shock like how has that movie not been ripped off a thousand oh, yeah. times yeah well it's to some extent perhaps instrumental in the wave the the found footage wave there aren't a lot of found footage horror movies exactly like that but you know your clover fields your um mm -hmm. whatever that like um is it a max landis movie i can't remember it's like when the kids are like superheroes and it's found footage i can't remember yeah. chronicle may is that what chronicle i can't remember I think it might be Chronicle, um, but yeah, it's paranormal paranormal activity as well. That's that's a uh, oh, yeah. put put that on the list of things that um, Andy didn't put on the list because he was too afraid to watch them. Um, again, subjective. Who knows? But like, apparent. I've heard from certain people that those are like hands down the scariest movies they've ever seen. Um, those are movies that legitimately freak me out. You've seen them. I've seen. Maybe two of them. There are what, like 15 at this point? There's like four or five. I don't know how yeah. many. I also think that Blair Witch is interesting in that I think you can draw a lot of, like, yes, it hasn't been remade as a movie, but I think like the spirit of Blair Witch is like alive and well. And like, like for like our student, for kids, like in like creepypasta and Slenderman stuff, it's yeah. this like, it's this like, it might be real. It might not be real. Mm -hmm. Who knows? It seems real because it's in this format that I'm used to seeing that looks really real. It's really scary. Like, you shouldn't look at it. You know, like, like mm -hmm. see if you can believe it. Like, that type of stuff. I think that, like, that's kind of where, 
Like that's the, I mean, I'm not saying that that's a good thing at all. I think Blair Witch is like a good, like Blair Witch is like a force for good in the world. I think that those two things are a force for evil in the world. So like, (laughs) don't get me wrong. Um, So like I, on the record, I'm not saying that those are good things that should be around, but I think that like you can see a little bit of the, the trail there. And I can also appreciate the, I, like as as kids, there's always these you know stories of various whether it's um, like parts of the woods you shouldn't go to because they're haunted by a, a witch like like it is in the movie or you know there's the house at the end of the block that you're not supposed to go to because of whatever and whatever it's haunted and so I I can I appreciate that it kind of plays on that as well and so it, it just adds to the realism factor that I appreciate so much. That's to the realism right here. Hunk off and rock. Cool. I'm glad we all had different ones. And well, I got two Menchies. All... Oh, you have two. Sorry. One of my Menchies chopped liver over here. Um, done a lot of, well, it's this movie I, I enjoyed as well. In terms of visceral reaction or, most positive reactions in the moment for the rewatches. Definitely number one with a bullet exorcist um, felt like for sure. That was my favorite one during the rewatch. Probably second most enjoyable experience was, was rewatching American werewolf, um, especially on the heels of the shining. So we watched the shining and American werewolf in the same afternoon slash evening. And I went into this thinking like, Oh, probably maybe the shining is my favorite the best horror movie my favorite horror movie and i was just so over the shining and sick of the shining by the end of that viewing and american werewolf was just such a shot in the arm this is just like such a tight you know get in get out don't fuck around don't overthink it yeah yeah and really i mean i hope as i say this there's not like a uh, like a uh, controversial section of his Wikipedia page, but a huge John Landis fan. I love John Landis. I mean, he wrote the movie when he was 20. Oh, wow. And more or less, they shot the script that he wrote 10 years before they filmed it. Um, and I, things related to things I said about The Exorcist, it's, a lot of times when I react to movies the way I do, it's like, oh, I appreciate that so much because I feel like that's how I would make these decisions if I were in their position. The idea that he revered and had these, you know, theories um, about the, the Wolfman mythology and the Wolfman movies from the 30s and 40s, and but then like thought about how to update it and rethink it and, um, you know, present his interpretation through a movie like American Werewolf. Um, I just think it's so to have that opportunity to, you know, see a project through like that. You write a script when you're 20 and the way that he's sort of somewhat serendipitously hooked up with Rick Baker and Rick Baker, you know, so, you know, um, cements his career through, through the work that he does on American werewolf in London. It's just, it's just a cool behind the scenes story. It's, um, yeah, it's just so, uh, it's so much of what I, I, I love about these movies. Um, and then Halloween, I mean, I already said in this, 
recording. Uh, there's, there's really nothing new I can say about Halloween, but you know, part of the, the heartbeat of these movies for me is you know, the slasher subgenre and the sort of terror in the suburbs subgenre. And I mean, that's, is it the best version of that? Uh, maybe, but it's obviously patient zero for that. So got to pay my respects. John Landis's Wikipedia is. Don't so confuse awesome. it with Max Landis. Okay. Don't it's confuse so it with his son. His son does have one of those sections, but I'm talking about John here. No, he's been married to the same woman for 40 years. He was, he's a White Sox fan. Oh, really? He was born in Chicago. Oh, I thought he was. He moved when he was four months old. Oh. I was going to say, this is, he's from, I thought he was from L.A. Yeah, he moved to L.A. when he was four months old, but he's a White Sox fan. I mean, how can you Weird. deny? Weird. Um, okay. So. Good Jim Rome is burning. Taryn is burning. Next question. Burning question. First question. First burning question. Next category the, burning questions. Oh my God. Is the best horror movie you ever saw the best movie on this list? Yes. I think yes. I don't think I did a very good job of separating them. Maybe I could make an argument for Carrie being the best movie on the list, but it, there's so many weird parts of Carrie that I just don't think you can. I think Carrie is probably like more Lexi ambitious in some ways <laughs> than Psycho is, but I don't know. Mine is for me. I had to, yeah, I remember at first, like, what was there? Yeah, I know. Yeah, I was sure. like, what? <laughs> what did I answer for that? I couldn't remember for a second either. I think Us is a very good movie. Like, it might be close to the best movie on this list. It's not to me the best horror movie, but I think if I would if I had to rank the best movies versus best horror movies, Us would be higher than. It would probably be the one that switches a lot. I think Us has a little bit of an identity crisis, but it is a very good movie. Yeah, I feel like I mentioned this earlier, but I think the only thing that differs for me is that my, the best movie isn't my favorite movie. And my favorite mm -hmm. is Blair Witch, but that's for nostalgic reasons. That makes sense. I should have had that one. Are horror movies actually fun to watch? This is my suggestion. Hell yeah. My answer is no. Oh. Mine's definitely yes. <laughs> I don't, this isn't fun. Oh my I gosh, it's so much fun. I, the parts of it, like I'm glad I've watched some of these movies because they're good movies. Like I'm glad I watched The Brood because it's a good movie. I'm glad I watched Psycho because it's a good movie. But I, don't like watching horror movies when they work like when they're working especially like a modern day horror movie i hate it like i have to manipulate a movie in order to not hate it i personally have to manipulate the movie so much by closing my eyes by leaving by doing all of this stuff that they're no longer fun to watch if you have to hold your nose while you're eating the food you don't think the food tastes good right so i don't think these movies are fun to watch I ran out of the room when Emily Blunt stepped on that nail in Quiet Place yesterday. <laughs> I ran. 
you know, they, that's not fun. I don't care what anyone says. That's not fun. That's my take. I don't know. I find the, those, all of the ridiculousness of, of horror movies fun because of how unrealistic a lot of them are. And like, you can experience all of that, all of what horror movies have to provide without actually experiencing it. Right. <laughs> um, so it's not like an escapism sort of a thing, but it's like, for me, I know how ridiculously unrealistic they are and that I find joy in that. <laughs> yeah, but like, you don't watch Lord of the Rings being like, it's so fun how unrealistic this is. Well, no, you, watch, because- you watch it because it's fun to pretend that that's the world. That's why you watch movies. So like, you know what I mean? Like horror movies, like if you do that, you're messed up for your, the rest of your life. Like why, like it's, it's the fact that you have to put this screen there to make it a not totally horrible viewing experience. Like, I just, I don't, they're not fun. They're very invigorating. God, it's like, oh. But I, this is like fight, doing a fight club to remind yourself you're alive. Like it's not a good thing. <laughs> All right, you don't appreciate the just, i probably just repeating myself here, the existential sense of accomplishment that you get from like beating the horror movie. You made it all the way through. You made it to the end. You didn't close your eyes. You can now, uh, you know, proselytize and, you know, speak the good word of the film to your friends and family, your audience. I mean, I don't think I ever have felt like I beat the... I don't think I've ever gotten through a horror movie without feeling... Like, the, if I'm paying attention, I break down or I curate it in such a way that I don't feel like I've gotten... And I don't want to. And I... This really isn't building off of what you said. I was just going to say, I think unlike <laughs> other episodes... You know, I didn't leave the rom-com episode thinking, oh, and I love rom-coms, I, but I didn't leave it thinking, oh, I just, I want to watch a dozen more rom-coms. And, you know, I, 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 I think I'm good with heist movies. I don't need to watch a heist movie for a while. I think I've, I can close the book on heist movies and et cetera and so forth. But I just, I think I'm making so many episode lists in my head right now. <laughs> and I'm... No. Excited. <laughs> no. I don't like... I don't like it. And the sad thing is, is that this is probably the list that had the most, the best batting Movies? average of any list we've had. <laughs> no, the most good ones. Or I'm just saying, yeah, it was far and away also the longest list we've ever done. And it's so, I don't want to watch another one for like years. So I guess we're breaking up. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I almost made it a, a related, year, on, a, on a related note, what would be your psychoplasmics-induced body horror uh, manifestation? <laughs> Wait, why is that a related note? Just like, what would your like horror movie-induced trauma? Oh yeah, how would it manifest yourself in it, a la how psychoplasmics morphs someone's you know body in the brood. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. You I, I, I saw that question and I've been avoiding thinking about it too much. So I was Jeez. hoping that someone else would have something to say. I didn't what see would yours be, Andy? 
Um, I was thinking, I had an idea the other day, but it was, it was pretty dumb. Because I, I mean, I think you started thinking about, you know, what, you know, is, is most traumatizing for you or your most you know, what, what gives you anxiety. Um, and I was thinking maybe, you know, for me, you know, it's, it's, you know, like an inner dialogue thing or, you know, like overthinking things and jump things getting jumbled up in your head and they don't, you know, you don't articulate yourself well as a result. So I was thinking something that was, you know, like head related, like I had some like monster back of my head or something like that just to represent um, like the internal mental anguish. But then that's just like a Professor Quirrell yeah. type of thing. But I think that still could be kind of interesting. But I guess it wouldn't be like, maybe it wouldn't represent itself like a human face. It would maybe be... Kind of like the guy who has the lymphoma where it's like, looks like almost like insectoid on his neck almost. I don't know. That's what I got. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, mine would probably be like, this is such a whatever, but like, it's an anxiety I have always and it's just heightened these days. But like, I am very afraid of like sickness and your body being out of control, which is weird because that's like, is what psychoplasmics is. Hmm. So like, I'm just like imagining, I mean, it would just be like lots of growths everywhere, just like, you know, tumors like popping up and leaving and things like that. And, you know, probably like, yeah, like, I mean, I, anytime I have like a mole, I'm scared or anything like that. So I probably would just be erupting. And I mean, it's all, it's weird because it's already a physicalized fear. It'd probably be something related to that. <laughs> you would, you would, a bunch of like LED screens would break out around your body and it would play um, horror movies. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Man. <laughs> this is really stupid, but the only thing I can think of is a phone attached to me somehow and the only way that I could communicate with people is by calling them on the phone. <laughs> 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 oh, it brings me so much anxiety. Here. Oh, I hate talking to people on the phone. That's really funny. That's funny. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Horror movie Four Corners. LOL. LOL. I was going to say, don't you dare forget that LOL. <laughs> if you had to spend the night in which of the following, in one of the following, which would it be? The Overlook Hotel from The Shining the cabin from Evil Dead, the house from The Conjuring, or the Woods or Blair Witch Project. To me, this is easy. Yeah, same. It's, it's the hotel. Yeah. Definitely hotel. Yeah. It's the hotel because the whole point is that for the hotel to work, you have to be there for more than one night. You know? The it's hotel like, oh, is always, it's also just. It's also just nice. Nothing is. Nothing is inherently scary about it. Yeah, or nothing is, there's nothing like menacing about it, I guess, unless you like. Unless Jack Nicholson's there. But no, or like, I guess, I guess the point is that it's not like the ghost in the hotel is going to come and kill you. It's like the ghost in the hotel are going to like inspire you to murder your family. Yeah. yeah. So, and that only works on you, hotel, I'm not bringing my family. <laughs> Just me. Yeah, to me, it's the hotel. I mean, like, but I did think that, like, if it was from the movie, 
I'd probably be like, no go, but like with all of its whatever. But if I were just to like tour a set of somewhere, you know, just like be in the space where it was filmed. I don't necessarily know if I want it. It's just like, it's just such a creepy looking movie. I don't necessarily know if I want to go there. Whereas like, you know, the house from the evil dead is like, Nope. Not that creepy looking to me. <laughs> I, will I say, wouldn't I mean, want to go live there. Like I wouldn't want to like in, in the reality of the movie, I wouldn't go there. Heck no. <laughs> I was just going to say, I mean, not to make it sound like it would be a walk in the park at the same time too, though. Like it's a massive hotel. You were it's like to some extent all alone. It's completely secluded. Like it's however many hours or miles away from, uh, you know, civilization. So, yeah, it's not like it would be an enjoyable experience. You lock yourself in the walk-in. You hang out there. You eat a bunch of food and pass out like Nicholson did. I was going to say, eat a bunch of, like cornflakes. And pass out. Then you're awake the next morning and get to leave. That would be my strategy. Lock myself in the walk-in and call it a day. How are you getting out of the walk-in? Oh, uh, good question. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll keep thinking about it. But also stay on the main floor. Like, don't go upstairs ever. You would not go upstairs. You would sleep in that like big, like yeah. Just don't go in the room. Lobby ballroom area. Yeah, don't go upstairs. Um, stay yeah. away from anyone who says the woods from the Blair Witch Project or the house from the Conjuring or the, I mean anyone says any of the other ones are bonkers. Those are non-starters. Probably, I, you could. I could conceive of Evil Dead. I mean, depending on just anyone don't play the that tape. Anyone goes there is toast. Oh, I guess you but don't. They play the the <laughs> uh, I could do the conjuring if you allowed me at least one demonologist. <laughs> oh God. Um, and a slice of deep dish. You all right? No, I'm fine. Just my, my, <laughs> my eye. Okay. Any more of those? Like, if you could uh, think. I think we nailed it. I agree. Because I want to know what scares you. For me, it's like. Things in your eye? Things in my eye. No, it's, it's the, it, to me, it's, it's the feeling of there's one person and they're surrounded by the bad. And I don't know, like, like it's not, when there's one bad and then there's a bunch of good people trying to figure it out, that's not very scary to me. Like I would say like poltergeist or exorcist or whatever. Um, but yeah, the, the feeling of like being surrounded and terrorized, very well physicalized and like um, in Halloween you know, where you're just in one place and like the, the bad is just seems to be like all around. Uh, and that's not very like specific. Um, but yeah, the like inescapability of stuff of the fear is probably what's the scariest. That's like gonna, like for me, I said this before to Andy so many times, so I'm sorry. The first half of us is terrifying. And then once it zooms out and you realize that this is like a news story and like everyone is going through it, it loses all the scary to me. Mm. I'm like, oh, because it's not so isolating. It's like everyone's dealing with this. Now this is like Independence Day. You know what I mean? Now it's just like this like big mass phenomenon. Um, 
And to me, like that's watching that movie and watching like where I stopped being scared made me realize that that's what I'm scared of. That's Man, I see, that's the opposite with that movie for me. It's like the the ending scenes with like the all the tethered people, you know, holding hands across the world, oh, yeah. just showing like in theory that they're that they're taking over, like, and there doesn't seem to be any way to stop it. That's what freaks me out. Um, I mean, in in terms of that movie, like that would. Like if it's an isolated family that this is happening to, like with The Conjuring, still, you know, the the scenes of that movie are still scary, but like nobody else gives a shit. <laughs> like nobody knows. But that's the scariest part that like no, that it's just like them alone. Like that's the scariest. I got the guy from Fuller House to help him. Officer <laughs> yeah. Fuller House. <laughs> no, that's interesting. That's like a swap for us. Yeah. Yeah. Most of what scares me was surgically removed from the running for this for this <laughs> list. <laughs> I just hate, um, just like violent realism. Yeah, no, I agree. And um, which is more or less hand in hand with things like torture porn. There's no torture porn really on any of and any any of these movies don't really qualify as torture porn but your saws um and your um i mentioned funny games earlier um things like the strangers oh no fucking way man <laughs> uh, i just yeah any yeah i just hate that stuff so much. and like um i wouldn't call it a horror movie but i've talked to rachel a lot about how like it'll probably take uh, like an act of Congress to get me to watch Zodiac again. Cause it's a <laughs> lot like, it just has a lot of just very frank, realistic um, acts of violence. Yeah. That is, yeah. I just, and that that's why psycho I think is just so effective for me. And hmm. yeah. yeah, no, thank you. Yeah. I know a lot of what, a lot of what freaks me out is the, the realistic pieces or like, even like, like I said, with get out, it's not, necessarily a, a realistic situation but inferring and applying a lot of the realistic or with the you know underlying points that Jordan Peele is making with that and applying it to the real world and knowing that it doesn't stop in that horror movie it's actually yeah. something terrifying in the real world that's what gets to me that's what freaks me out and the clown from it dancing <laughs> Every time I hear you cue that up, I think you're gonna say the clown from Poltergeist. <laughs> I, I, I planted that seed in your head. I'm I've never been so excited for a pitch me before. Oh wow! You better not take mine. Oh, good, because I don't. I have nothing. So <laughs> pitch me. Okay, it's you're gonna like criticize me because it's like a little like heady and woke. But is it a heady high? There needs to be a Maybe it's the brood. Maybe it's like a combination of the brood. So, so okay, I'm going to go back. There are a lot of very, very good elements or movies that are either entirely about or part of them are about like the inherent like body horror and fear of like the female experience, right? Whether it's having a miscarriage, having a baby, having your period, 
You see it in the quiet place. You see it in Carrie. You see it in the brood, right? But they're all by men, which is very interesting. So, and they're all, and like none of them live with sort of the actual fear of that. And just having a woman, a white woman do it would be one thing, but because the rates of maternal mortality are so high amongst black women, and that is an entirely different experience for black women, I want to see a remake of The Brood that also has like elements of, um, like maybe like some of that's also some of that stuff from uh, Quiet Place with like a specific, I want to see like a giving birth scene like that, but I want to see it by a black woman director. Um, I would bankroll that so fast. I think it would be so fascinating. I think it would be like, like an element of like social horror. I think that um, it would just be really fascinating to see that perception from someone who like that. Yeah. I just think that that's like a, that's an issue that people don't talk about enough. Um, it's something that's inherently like, if it's inherently fascinating when it's all these like white dudes talking about it, think about how much better it will be when it's someone who like has more experience with it and can speak more to it and put it into a socio-political context. So whether it's Ava DuVernay or another black woman director, I will, I'm accepting applications, <laughs> but that's my pitch. And black woman screenwriter too, obviously. That would make for a good screenplay. Screenplay. Thanks, Andy. No, I probably should have gone first because mine is just, um, to, to remake American Werewolf in London because of the wealth of songs that have moon in them that have come out yeah. since 1981, <laughs> notably Vampire Weekend's Flower Moon. <laughs> be featured heavily in my production. <laughs> Voting for Rachel's. <laughs> <laughs> one loved and one listed. <laughs> <laughs> I think we crushed it. I agree. Taryn, do you not have one? Or do you no, not have I'm any like, remakes that you would like to see? I mean, there are plenty of these movies that I would like to see remade to make them better. I was saying, I want to see Taryn's Poltergeist. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, they remade that a few years ago, and that was also trash. So I don't know if there's any saving that movie for me. <laughs> I think they're doing it again. I mean, who knows what the future of, of, of the movie industry, no, but the, the, according to the internet, the Russo brothers are rebooting the Poltergeist franchise. Hmm. Thanks, internet. I'm excited. So, Taryn, do you know a Russo brother? <laughs> <laughs> Question is... Do we do sequels next? Do we follow this movies we were too afraid to put on the list thing next? Do we do Freddy versus Jason? All the Freddies, all the Jasons. Freddy versus Jason. You might need to like Just get slashers. Ryan in here or something to be me. I think that the White family might be tapping out entirely <laughs> of the horror <laughs> ones. Jeez. Sorry. Leah would be all about this, just saying. Yeah, that's true. Leah would be all about this. Maybe Taking all comers. Yeah. I I'm sure I will I will get back on that horse. You'll come around. Right now. No. No. Right. Thank you. 
Well, we need like better, like we have our outro, we have our, our quippy little line, but I feel like it needs a little more meat to it. I'll just say that this was a blast. And like I said, I, it's the first time I've been so invigorated to explore, to continue, you know, the genre journey doesn't end here. I want to see how, how, how far the path goes before, uh, I don't know, any closing thoughts, parting words from our co-hosts? Well, as Rachel's just been for, for the listener, Rachel's just been mugging for the last 90 <laughs> seconds, pretty much um, as if she has her call muted. Sorry, you were saying, Taryn. Oh, I just said thanks for having me. Thank you so much. This would not have been complete without you, Taryn. I'm so glad you were able to join us. You will no doubt be back for at least another horror episode. Cool. <laughs> as long as it's not all Freddy vs. Jason movies, we're good. I've got a lot of other ideas. A variety in my life. A lot of other ideas in the tank. Play it, Sam. 